everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to Christian Cox coming up here momentarily. Man, the discussion has been uh, cutting into some good stuff on and off the air. There, yes, Gordon. yes, we're full of opinions today. We're really diving into life. I like it. I think we're solving problems. <laughs> Uh, well, there's some things that could solve things quicker than others, and uh, we'll see uh, if we can save the world. Glad that we have Utah and, fo- and BYU football to look forward yes. to this weekend. Although the the opponents they're both playing are not the not the the it's not the the doesn't have a lot of sizzle necessarily. Well, well, but Beaver, I'm glad the it's Beavers back. The are better than we thought they were, though, right? Or is UCLA just that bad? And what does that reflect upon? Uh, those uh, big, fat, lazy, entitled Cougars up yeah. in Pullman. We're lo- we're seeing the Pac-12 not not look good. <laughs> I, I think Oregon's I think Oregon's good actually well, against you, that Cal defense. You sort of called that. Yeah. You said that you thought Oregon was the best team, and uh, Washington. I mean. Okay, I'll take your apologies on Washington anytime now because you've been raking me over the coals about me not thinking the Huskies were all that. Yeah, that's true. But Oregon didn't look all that great either against Cal. How did Stanford look against UCF? Uh, yeah, and, and mm-hmm. they just took it to your Huskies. So the, the pack. Let's just say it the way it is: the Pac-12 has no chance of getting a team in the college football playoff. I would not bet on it. No. It's would you bet say. against it? Uh, yeah, I would yeah, probably I would at too. this point I would bet against yeah, it for sure. All right, it, it ain't happening. I mean, Auburn. I watched that Auburn Florida game, and Auburn took out Oregon earlier, and Florida beats them. That's a nice run by that kid, by the way. That eighty-eight yard scamper. It's a word we don't use enough. Scamper. In fact, we only use it when it comes to a football running back, right? Well, how about this? Let's. I don't say to you, hey, Jake, I saw you scamper from your car up to the studio. Well, check this out. Let's scamper on out <laughs> to the Sprint special guest line. Uh, get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Former Ute joins us, Christian Cox. What's up, Christian? How are you? Hey, Jake. Doing pretty well. How are you? Hey, we are, we're doing terrific. Give, uh, give us your take on what Gordon and I are talking about here, the overall Pac-12, when we see Washington lose to Stanford and oh. we see the Beavs upset UCLA. And what does that say about Washington State who lost to the Bruins? I mean, it just seems like a bunch of average to below average teams for the most part. Yeah, it was a spectacle. I watched that uh, Stanford-Washington game and uh, you know that running back Scarlet for Stanford was just running all over him, which I was actually surprised. And uh, the QB threw for 300-something yards and then got hurt late in the game. But it's just a strange year. Like, Washington, really, you know, one week to the next, you know, it looks like a world beater beating USC at home, then can't even, you know, come close to beating Stanford at Stanford spot. Uh, I think they're 0-6 or something like that in the last matchups down there. They just can't find a way to win there. And then... How bad is UCLA, though? Like, that's the confusing part. Like, I think the Beavers are, like, very underrated. They're sneaky good. They're somewhat dangerous, right? They barely beat – they barely lost to Stanford. 
but it's just this constant. Go- it's just Pac-Man in the in the Pac-12, right? They just keep gobbling each other up, and um, you know, it's it's Utah's year to blow it, you know, right? And the way it's shaping out, uh, there's a lot of pressure on the youth to perform game after game after game because if you don't, uh, one more loss, you're in a bad spot, especially in the Pac-12 South when. How about Arizona? I think Arizona's undefeated. Yeah, are they not in the yeah, Pac-12 right now? And then Arizona State, um, you know, they're doing okay. So still have them on the schedule. So, Christian, uh, where are you on this this whole question of, well, the Pac-12 has good teams and that they're really good teams, but they do beat up on each other. Their, their, their in-conference schedule is so very difficult. Is that all just a bunch of bull? I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know where to sit on it. I really don't know where to hedge my bet because you look at the SEC. It's clear. It's clear, right? LSU and this QB, this Burrow kid. Their offense is legit. And now you have a strange team in Florida who's playing extremely well, and then you have Georgia who's playing extremely well. I think undefeated as well in the SEC. And then you got Bama. So you got four upper echelon quality teams. And then you look in the ACC, you got Clemson barely beating UNC. And then who else is even in that division? And then you got, you go over to the big 10 and you look at Michigan barely wins 10 to three against Iowa. Ohio state is undefeated, but how good are they really? And then you go down to the big 12, you got Texas who is average, I think, right. Who they're playing Oklahoma and Oklahoma looks like the real thing. But again, who have they really played? So, uh, and then you look at our conference in the Pac-12. Oregon has not impressed me at all, and I think we keep measuring this Oregon team to the Oregon teams of old. Yeah, Justin Herbert's amazing, quote unquote, but he only had 200 yards passing against a really good, quote unquote, Cal defense. So, just really, it's just hard to measure who's really good and who's not, and. You know, it's funny is Hawaii's beat two Pac-12 teams this year, right? They beat Arizona at home. They also beat Oregon State. And um, so, you know, I, it just it stresses me out for the Utes because <laughs> all the pressure just continues to go on their shoulders. You think Colorado would actually play well. I think they lost as well this weekend. They lost to Arizona State, uh, or I mean Air Force as well. So conference – for me, it looks somewhat suspect. And the top end of the conference is Utah, Oregon, quote-unquote Washington. Uh, the youth just need to take care of business, and we won't even have to be worrying about this conversation if if they can, in fact, take it week by week. And I, looking at stats and looking at this Oregon State team, uh, going up there on foot is not going to be some cupcake just because of how bad they've been in the past. I think – they have a decent quarterback who's performing well, and it it could be a little trap game because you start looking past your opponents and uh, you get snake bit. And um, I think that could be this weekend if Utah doesn't come out and take care of business, which I don't think that that will happen. You know, Christian, I, li- I like the way you describe the Beavs as uh, sneaky good, and I, uh, I agree with you on that quarterback, and I think they are sneaky good offensively. The other side of the ball, however, I think they are, are still uh, quite Quite crappy. Uh, I would expect Utah to move the football. Uh, you don't want to say it will, but I, I expect them to put up some serious points. 
Yeah, no, you're right, Jake, 100. percent You know, you look at the the defense of Oregon State, not great, but you you play a, a home game, you play a little differently, right? You know, how's Utah fared on the road this year? They played a really tough USC team that was in the backfield defensively. Obviously, Oregon State's not going to get that type of pressure USC did. That was the difference in really that game and Pittman over the top and staying in, you know, uh, man-to-man coverage and not doing, you know, a drop eight and, and playing like that. But in reality, if you look at this quarterback, you know, and Luton, you know, he's an old cat. He's a six-year senior. That's like a BYU kid, right? Six years, been playing for the same team, had five touchdowns last week. He's been highly productive, and um, another good test for this Utah secondary. I don't know. Maybe I drank some paranoia juice this morning. I started researching Oregon State, started watching some of their old stuff. And uh, Utah's got to come out and perform. And, and for me, I think the paranoia exists because we're just so used to being the underdog always. And with each single week passing, there's going to be more pressure on their back, not only – just to perform in the Pac-12 South, but from the conference, because the conference needs Utah to legitimately go undefeated the way out. Do I think they're capable of doing that? Yes. Uh, Is it going to happen? I don't know. And if uh, Moss can come back healthy, and maybe not this game, but the following, do I believe in Tyler Huntley in this version, if he can stay healthy? I really believe Utah can take care of business week after week and hunker down on defense, but Man, I am paranoid. Let it out there. Well, it's like what Kyle Whittingham was talking about when they, when he was being asked about the the national scene. He was kind of like, hey, man, nobody can control that. only thing the Utes can control is taking care of their business week by week. And I, I have to, you know, regardless of the college football playoff, man, if the Utes could somehow get into that championship game, and get to the Rose Bowl, man, that would be a huge, huge reward. For, and it would show progression in the program. So they can do that if, uh, as long as USC loses again. And uh, I, I think that's kind of – the Trojans are susceptible. So it, it's something that could happen as long as the Utes take care of their business. And that's the big if. And and I I don't know either. I, I – in the past, they've slipped up here and there, but it's their form like you were talking about. Well, what's crazy is I, I can only draw back on the, the seasons that we watched these Cinderella stories, right? When we first watched Urban step on campus, and I think they, they went on the road against Texas A&M and Brett Elliott broke his hand or something and lost a tight game and lost one game that year, if I'm not mistaken then won the Liberty Bowl. I, I don't know. I was a young kid. I was like 17. But then you looked at the next year. If you remember, Texas A&M came up at home, and Alex Smith and the defense, Steve Fafita and everyone else, uh, Toon, Scally, all of it, it was just – you could feel the difference in the energy, right, of, of what that team was. Is I shift to my other perspective and just being a spectator in 07 and then – watching our team come together in the actual locker room with Brian Johnson at the helm and our defense with Paul Kruger and Cole Meese and Robert Johnson and Stevenson Sylvester and Mike Wright and Bryce McCain, all these guys that were really, really good and we were we just didn't get hurt. But we didn't even know how flipping good we were. We, really, we didn't. We knew we were good. We beat Michigan, uh, Rich Rod's first game on the road. Luis Cota banged home some good field goals as usual from special teams. 
We just played one game at a time, and we pulled out those tough games. And I keep bringing this back. We beat Oregon State, who was really good that year. We were down by eight, going to lose the game. I think three minutes remained, and people were booing Brian Johnson. And he let us down on a, on a game-tying two-point conversion-saving season, right, as Braden Godfrey caught a touchdown over the middle. And then defense got a stop, and we kicked a 45-yard field goal to, to win. Right, So you have to have those types of wins in the season, and that creates a lot of stress. And, um, you know, that's what's going to have to happen. So, you know, Tyler Huntley is going to have to have those experiences this year, and it makes you feel uncomfortable. But I, I, what I've seen in him is a different type of player than I've seen in the past. And as a player who you can actually appreciate progression from your sophomore to your junior there's really like it's 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 like the difference of a flashlight and like a uh, a full on like floodlight in your backyard and the difference of your ability to to process information and make plays and play within the system and that's what it feels like uh, with Tyler Huntley and his completion percentage and making good plays and not throwing the ball and being risky. He's dealing with some holes in the offensive line. And he keeps making plays and the kid who against Washington State, if we can keep seeing that type of performance. Uh, no doubt Utah can beat Oregon State. Uh, they can beat Cal at home. Heck, they can go up to Washington and beat uh, them in Seattle. So uh, for me, it gets me, as I talked in the beginning, with my paranoia, but also as you think about what they have in Tyler Huntley and if he can stay healthy and then get Zach Moss back on the field in this tough defense, you, this Utah team really can do something special. And I think we all want something special out of the season. But the beauty of college football, it just naturally happens. And you have to catch it in a bottle and you just, you never forget it. And, you know, you hope this Utah team realizes their potential and realizes what they have game by game. And how fun would it be to be down in Pasadena at the Rose Bowl, the granddaddy of them all that we used to watch growing up. And for me, that's, for me, that's a successful, happy year. That's progression. You won the South again, but this time you won the actual potential championship in the Pac-12 and maybe the Rose Bowl is good enough and maybe not getting to the college football playoff you won't get in but you don't have all those conversations until you win every single game and just as much as you win every single game my senior year I think we went 8-0 we weren't even close to as good as this team at all but we got we got humbled quick you know we got up to rank 6 in the nation played Andy Dalton and TCU and got smoked so uh, I also hindsight is is twenty twenty, and you know I think Huntley can do it, and I think Utah has the depth and the coaching staff. I can't can't be undervalued from a leadership perspective. Um, Andy Ludwig is such a stabling force, and Morgan has progressed in his own play calling and his own ability to, to lead a team. He's always been a great leader. He's always been very vocal. Always been very fun. But you can see that he actually makes the, the proper adjustments like he did from USC to Washington State. And Kyle's got a really good team. And, um, you know, we're not in the locker room. But I think you have the senior leadership to get it done and starts this weekend. you got to win on the road. And then you got to come home and, and play another good game the, the week after. Did you ever play in Corvallis, Christian? You know, I never did. I, because, I was trying to – Oh seven when I played, right? Yeah, Oh seven, um, I redshirted that year, and Matt Asiata and Brian Johnson both had season injuries. I think that first game, 
um, if I'm not mistaken. And then uh, 08, they came back down here, and then we didn't play them until um, the Pac-12. So I was done. My my last year was 2010, so they went to Pac-12 the next year. I was going to ask you if that place was a real dump because it sure looks like it. <laughs> But anyone, hey, anytime you're named at your stadium's named after a potato salad, it's got to be a dump, right? <laughs> it's it's a strong point. Yeah. Um, all, all I know is in for potato salad that you buy at Lagoon or something. So implied in what you said earlier, Christian, if the Utes don't uh, make it to the championship game and win that game, then do you think they've underperformed? If they win the championship, if they win the Pac-12 South and win the championship and don't go to the playoffs, they've underperformed. Oh no! If they if they do all that, if they make it, have they underperformed? If they don't win the conference, yeah, one hundred percent. And that's the sad part, right? It's 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 taken too long to to build the team and the depth and the quality uh, senior leadership. You have the two best positions and two of the best capable uh, assets in Tyler Huntley and Zach Moss not to have a good year. And especially when the Pac-12 South is a little down, right? It's down. It's it's not up. And the whole conference itself is is not – we don't have a world beater in the conference at all. Got to so, hurry, hurry up and win it before Urban is coaching. Yeah, but, uh, yeah <laughs> we gotta, they got to take care of business. And – I don't. I, you know what? This is when I'm like, you know what? I'm glad I sit on a couch and watch football with my kids. And I'm not in those doors because there is so much stress on these coaches and the kids, the young kids. They don't like as a player. You just you, ignorance is bliss. You don't realize how much is riding on these games. Just go out and prepare and go through the process and watch film. And you just want to be the best you can possibly be and get a college degree and. Maybe if you're lucky, get a shot in the league, and it's so fun to play at Utah because the, the process is just such a grind, and uh, you love playing with your teammates. But man, the pressure on these coaches to get things done, and it's riding on the backs of 18 to 24 year old kids is it's a lot of weight. Christian, thank you very much as always. We'll catch you next week, man. Sounds good. See you, Gordon. See, See you, Jake. See you, Christian. Christian Cox, the former Ute and former Patriot. I uh, want to thank our friends at Diamond Airport Parking. Begin and end every great trip with Diamond Airport Parking. Diamond offers car-to-curb service, 24-7 airport shuttles, fantastic rates, complimentary bottled water, plus no one beats the friendly staff. Diamond Airport Parking, just off I-80 and Redwood Road. Park, ride, and save Diamond Airport Parking. Do you agree with him on what would be considered uh, a, a disappointing season? Uh, yeah, that seems to be where the most people placed the bar before the season started. They were picked to win it. I don't think if they, if they lost in the championship game, I don't think it would be all that disappointing. It's if the they same didn't, as a year ago. If they didn't win the South, I think that would be more disappointing. I mean, see, I would, I kind of agree with Christian. I think they need to win the whole darn thing. Hmm. I mean, disappointing. How do you define that? Right. You can't complain too much about a division championship, right? But it's like he said, the implication there was a missed opportunity, and nobody likes those. Correct. All right, coming up next, we're, we're going to let you hear from Kalani Satake, his, uh, some highlights from his press conference today. We'll get to highlights from Coach Witt at 5.30. Tanner Mangum joins us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Not Sports Report at 4.50. So we are ready to roll on a Monday big show here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. 
Sports. This is DJ and PK. Frank Dolce, are you an insider? As I look at the conference, to me, the South is right on schedule. To me, the Utes, they're right where they need to be. They got a legitimate chance to go to the Rose Bowl. This is the halfway point, six weeks into the season. I feel better about them going to the Rose Bowl now than I did in August. After this weekend, I feel the same way. With the teams that Utah has left on the schedule, everybody is beatable in the conference. But I think Utah, without playing a game, they took a step forward in the conference. Just because everybody else looks so rough. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. I am just a poor boy, though my story is seldom told. I squandered my resistance for a pocket full of mumbles, such are promises. All lies and jest, still a man hears what he wants to hear and disregards the rest. Love this song. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Thanks for making us a part of your day. We greatly appreciate it. Isn't this about uh, Jake LaMotta or whatever? I'm not sure who it's about. It's obviously called The Boxer. Anyway, I think it's about it. Anyway. Uh, should we get to a little uh, BYU sound from today? Sure. Gordon is there back. They've got South Florida coming up this weekend. Kalani... Uh, talked about how they're going to have a new starting quarterback, Jaron Hall. Yeah, he's extremely confident, and uh, I think he's ready for this moment, and I'm really excited for him. I know he's really excited, and the players are, are responding to him well, and, and uh, you know, Zach still has a, a role and is there as a, as a mentor and help coach. It's all he can do right now and be a support to his teammates, and I thought uh, we had really, really good practices last week with Jaron running the show and gave some opportunities for Joe and for Bader to get some reps as well. I think he can play a lot of different positions because he's athletic. He can do a lot of different things, but his focus was being able to throw the ball and be a quarterback and that's why we've kept them pretty much at that position. And, you know, we've used them a little bit here and there on different things and schemes, but he came here to play quarterback. And I'm fortunate that there, there was an injury, but uh, really happy that, that he's ready to seize the moment and take advantage of the opportunity that he has for him. I think the biggest help was the bye week. We had the same time happen last last year. And so getting the extra practice time, I think, has been the, the main benefit for us. And, and last year was still kind of a new system. This year, the guys are way more familiar with the offense and with extra extra practice time I think it's going to help Jaron a lot but uh, he's a student of the game he prepares really well multi-sport athlete and so he, he's a guy that's been in, in the situation when his number has been called and he's had success doing it so looking forward to having him do that the same type of mentality he has in baseball and all the other sports that he's done I mean he does that with everything he does if you if you know anything about him see what he does in practice since he got home from his mission seeing him approach every day the guy is, is just waiting for his number to be called and it just happens to be this week Big advantage for Jaron Hall having a bye week last week. No doubt. No doubt about that. And look, you listen to Kalani talk about him. He's a good athlete. How is his passing going to – is he going to be accurate? Is he going to put the ball in the right place at the right time? How's his judgment on the field? Uh, How how cool is he under pressure? All of those things. Now, he's not going up against, you know – the Florida Gators this week or, uh, you know, Alabama. But 
South Florida, I guess, is close enough. And they Not have really they have players. I mean, BYU should beat them. BYU should have beaten Toledo. They have players too, and uh, I think Toledo is a better team than South Florida. But at some point, he's going to have to sling it if BYU is going to win. Yeah. And maybe this week's not that week, and he kind of ease into it. But I'm telling you, against Boise, against Utah State, against San Diego State, I mean, there's going to come a point in time in one of those games that if BYU is going to win it, he's going to have to go out there and sling it. So he needs as much experience, and, and we'll get to the run game, and we'll get to kind of the scouting report on the Bulls uh, in a moment. But he's going to need help from a lot of different places, including the run game. Well, we've talked about this so many times, Jake, about what makes a good quarterback. And people always want to see the big arm. You know, that's what defines, right? Does he have an NFL arm? But there are so many other things that come into play. And some of it is based on experience and judgment and knowing, you know, knowing, feeling comfortable and knowing where to put the ball. And not trying to force it, uh, but not being afraid to throw it either. And usually that takes experience. How good were you the first time you tried to do something? Uh, is there an example of something you tried that you hadn't done before and it, it didn't work out that well? <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't even know what you're asking me. Like puzzles. Were you good at puzzles? <laughs> you always been good at puzzles, huh? I, I'll, I'll tell you this. I, the, the first time I ever wakeboarded, I thought that this was surprisingly easy. And then... Did you wait for the right lake? Uh, <laughs> what do you mean? Not just did you choose wisely which lake you uh, went, went wakeboarding on first? Uh, no. I don't know. You, okay. What do you consider Utah Lake? Uh, not the right lake. Yeah, right. <laughs> Polluted? This was, this was a handful of years ago, and I usually I water ski more of it, but I was like, oh, well, why not? I'll try wakeboarding. And I thought it was surprisingly easy until like the second or third time I went when I banked myself down off the water and bruised my <laughs> ribs and thought, you know— Maybe I should have. Maybe I entered this with some overconfidence. Is that what you're looking for? Yeah, what it doesn't looking- usually take a time or two or three or four before you really can can do it the way it should be done. Ah, uh, well, what's that Malcolm Gladwell thing where you have to do something for so many hours or whatever till you ten thousand hours? Yeah, isn't it? and yeah. starting. Uh, I mean, playing quarterback is really a difficult thing to do, and so it wasn't for can, you, can, was it? Can Can Jaron Hall the first time he goes out as a starter? Uh, make you know, just flip that switch and and make it happen. I'm not saying it can happen sometimes, and obviously you might. It's like your golf game, Jake. You might go out and play really well the first time out for the season, but how are you going to do it? You're going to do it consistently. And for Jaron Hall, this is all all kind of new to him. So he's will he be up to that task? I I don't know. Here's uh, Kalani Sataki's take on what he sees on film from South Florida. A lot of athleticism and speed, and you know, and I know Coach Strong. He's been around for a long time, and and he'll have those guys playing hard, and, and they're coming off a win. So we're going to their house, and we have to be ready for this game. More than anything, we respect them a lot. And from my purpose, we're just trying to get our team ready. It doesn't really matter who we play against this week. We're going to respect them and scout them, and like we have been. But I'm more con- more concerned with how we're playing as a unit more than anything right now. And he should be because if they do everything right, they should win. Well, they're good enough to beat USC, but not good enough to beat Toledo. So where does that leave you for South Florida? They should win. They should beat South Florida. South Florida is not terrific. This is not South Florida of three years ago when Charlie Strong first got there. I guess in some ways it makes it fascinating to watch the game because who knows? 
And maybe Kalani is in that spot a little bit too because he fully expected to beat Toledo, Jake. Probably. I mean, I mean that blew yeah. him away that they didn't. And uh, I think that's the way that coaching staff felt. So uh, what are they going to get on this occasion? You know, BYU at times has been okay on the road and has at times surprised. So, this again, they're not going up against a really, really good team. So you'd think that they would be able to go in there and, and get that one. In fact, could we consider South Florida a bad team? Well, here's here's what they've done so far this year. All right, you ready for this? Wisconsin lost forty nine to zero, but Wisconsin's really good. Yes. Uh, Georgia Tech lost fourteen to ten, and Georgia Tech's really bad. Yeah. They are. They lost to the Citadel. <laughs> Georgia Tech is not good. Uh, South Carolina State they won fifty five to sixteen. They lose to SMU, and SMU is a, a good team. But they lost 48-21. to They kind of got smashed by SMU. And then beat UConn last week 48-22. to And I haven't been watching much UConn football, but I, I'm, I'm guessing they're not much to write home about. U- UConn football is so good that their school is abandoning everything uh, about <laughs> UConn football. They're putting all their sports in the Big East and saying, good luck, football. Yeah, they did kind of do that to the football program, didn't they? So essentially they are somewhere south of mediocre – and north of really bad. Right where you want to be. Yeah. <laughs> and and BYU should beat them. Yes. And it, it should not – I mean, I'm not going to say they should blow them away because they've got a, a new starting quarterback. That could be – there could be some issues there. But so, so in BYU a way, should beat South Florida. So, yeah. in a way, this game might be the perfect setup for Jaron Hall to get ready for what's going to come uh, with the next two opponents. Yep. Because uh, after that, those three games after that are just kind of blah. Those are, are scrimmages for Jaron Hall to get comfortable with the offense. And I don't know how long it's going to take for Zach Wilson to get back, but then you end up the season with San Diego State. So he should be pretty comfortable by then. That's three automatic wins. And then this this week is is uh, is uh should be a win. But Utah State and – and uh, Boise State, I don't know how that's going to go. We're going to have to wait and see. I did watch. Did you watch the uh, the uh, Utah State game on Saturday? I I briefly sped through it because I I wasn't able to watch it live. It wasn't easy to watch. No, no. it was pretty easy to speed through. Actually, it, it was pretty ugly. Mm-hmm. And the the they got really banged up in that game too. I mean it, you know. Here, heard Hans talking about it. You know, there was all sorts of unfortunate things about that game, where it was on the schedule, uh, LSU being so unbelievably good. They this was not. Good. Yeah. This was not like Michigan State last year, where Michigan State was good but not unbelievable, and and Utah State certainly could have won that game last year. This was, this was one of the top, you know, four or five teams in the country. But I would have expected the Aggies to represent a little better than they did. Yeah, I, I even expected, against that kind of team. I expected Jordan uh, Jordan Love certainly to play better. So then that raises the question: How good are the Aggies? I mean, how difficult will that be? Obviously, the Cougars going to have to go up to Logan to, uh, to 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 play that game. But and that, that's a tough place to play. And BYU has lost some games up there. So I don't know. It's uh, it, it, it's it's interesting. Without being vital, because really not a whole lot about this BYU football season is vital. 
that quality shiitake might look at it differently. But We want to remind you, if you want better health and to feel better, check out Restore Hyper Wellness and Cryotherapy and ask about the Zone listener specials on cryotherapy, IV drips, hyperbaric oxygen treatment, and much more. Visit Restore.com for more details. Not Sports Report next. Tanner Mangum, top of the 5 o'clock hour. Highlights from Witt's press conference at 530. Stay tuned. The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. David Locke, voice of the Utah Jazz. What is the biggest thing that you could take away from such a game that was Saturday? Biggest takeaway was that for fans, what they got to see was training camp. What I saw out on the court wasn't actually that different than what I've been seeing all week. It was just an opportunity for everybody else to see it, which is great. And so my biggest takeaway is one of the questions about Boyan Bogdanovich is does he involve his teammates? Well, we saw him in the game on Saturday really passing. I think he had four assists, but also just working the basketball around. So those little things of watching the new players adapt, just thought it was a confirmation of everything I've seen so far in camp. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Check this out. And now your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again Because a vision softly creeping Left its seeds while I was sleeping all right, time for the Not Sports Report. Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. But first, time to get a winner for the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Be caller 12 right now, 855-340-ZONE. Correctly identify the Chevy Strong Play of the Game announced by DJ and PK this morning at 850. And you'll win his own prize pack. It's the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Brought to you by Rocky Mountain Chevy Dealers on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Let's get to the uh, Not Sports Report. Brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online, LHMUsedCars.com. Gordo, where are we going today? Uh, okay, I got two things I want to get to, but before I get to either one of those two, will you please explain something to me? I'll try. What's the deal with the diss tracks going on these days? Diss tracks? Yeah. Shaq has now responded to the response, and that and they have Dame Dalla going in. I mean, I know that's... Not sports, really, but it uh, has a couple sports students involved. I just, why is this a way to to sell stuff? Is it, are they are they choreographing this? What's the deal? Well, you're much closer to the rap game. I know, than but I've, I. I've drifted away. Have you? Yeah, you have. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, you know, attention is is probably not the worst thing. I mean, Shaq still has uh, car insurance to sell, <laughs> right? He's got to stay relevant. He also does that. Doesn't he do that? Uh, that uh, icy, icy hot. Uh, hot? Yeah. What yeah. doesn't Shaq sell? <laughs> Shaq sells everything, Tony. All right. Uh, two things. One. Did you see the story about the girl who tweeted out a picture of some guy who was behind her? I think this was a football game or something. In a crowd, mm-hmm. there's a guy behind her, and she tweeted out a picture of him and asked Twitter to help find him so she could go out on a date with him. Wow. Now, a couple questions. And I don't know the rules for this kind of social media stuff. Okay. Is that okay? And why didn't she just turn around and just strike up a conversation with him and ask him, ask him out herself? She's right here. Let me show you the picture. Look, she's right there. Yeah, she's right there. And he's right behind her. <laughs> so I, so I, don't, I don't know. I can't explain that one, I don't think. 
Why not just turn around and say hello? Yeah, because if you're gonna if you're going to find out who he is to ask him out, then uh, you're going to ask him out sooner or later, right? So why not ask him out in person? Seems like you'd save yourself a lot of trouble. Yeah, I and don't know. apparently she's being destroyed on Twitter. People for for are, that just, reason, yes. Oh. Okay. Just, just going after Good. her big time. Get some guts, yeah, lady. Yeah, face to face. It's not that hard. No. Turn around. Say, say. okay, if there's too many people around, say, hey, can I talk with you for a second? Step out into the aisle or go out onto the concourse or something. Ask him out. The other thing is I, I was watching this uh, radio show that was uh, had a video to it. And this Navy commander, this uh, Navy pilot who uh, was tracking that uh, – that UFO, uh, and this happened uh, over a decade ago. Okay. But but he he was very convincing. I I think there's UFOs out there. We know that you bring them up quite often. I, I, I know, support. but when it's coming from a guy like that, you got to believe it, don't you? I mean, this guy has is a 20 year Navy uh, flying veteran. Okay. Now, does that convince you anymore? Not no really. one in the Navy's ever lied, Jake. Never. <laughs> you think he's lying? You think he's sitting there making this stuff up? Probably. It doesn't look like it. It doesn't sound like it. It's like what I told you before when I interviewed those people who had seen, had various UFO experiences. They didn't sound like they were making it up. They, they sounded very much like they were telling the truth. Of course, I also believed OJ, but you know, I mean, we all get something wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is this guy getting attention because of what he's saying? Cocaine is a hell of a drug. He might be getting attention, yeah, but I don't think it's attention. going out of his way. I mean, it's not like he he's uh, he, he's uh, encouraging all this. D- is this a, some sort of promotional campaign for a book by any chance? <laughs> no, I don't think so. And neither is my my whole thing. My experience in talking to people who had had. Ex- extraterrestrial experiences they didn't they weren't trying in fact some of them didn't want their name used they wanted to keep it quiet what what paper were you writing for at the time uh i think i i, I can't remember but it, it it was you know it didn't i didn't what difference does that make because yes they were doing it for attention i don't think so yeah i i do i was i was talking to the people they were right in front of me and they were not that type okay they were salt of the earth types Now, maybe that's why she didn't ask him out face-to-face, because she thought he might be an alien or something. Maybe. Way to wrap uh, uh, those two stories together. Nicely done. Well, I mean, in this day and age, you have to be careful. Do (laughs) you? I mean, you just can't approach anyone, can you? Might be an alien. (laughs) And we all know aliens don't have Twitter. If you had to bet right now, you had to bet right now, and your life depended on it, is there extraterrestrial life out there? Yes or no? Define out there. Somewhere. So- somewhere. Somewhere other than here on planet Earth. I'm not saying that they're mingling with us. But so not maybe- necessarily in our solar system. It, well, anywhere. Anywhere that we know of? No, there is not. What would it be anywhere that we know of? We, I mean, they have these, uh, they have uh, these uh, telescopes that see into a zillion different galaxies. Then why haven't they seen anybody there? Well, maybe we don't have the capability. We can see the planet, but not the people on the planet. Right. I don't it's know too about far that. Out there. Oh, 
You gotta, you gotta, you gotta say right now: Is there extra life out there somewhere? You gotta say yes or no, and you either live or die. But you have to. There's, there's no definition out, out life, there. Out, out there. there, yes, life out there. Out there. What's where? What's there? Somewhere in space. Where is there? Somewhere in space. When will then be now? <laughs> Ans- Soon. Answer me a question, Gordon. Yeah. What are you gonna do when the Klingons invade? <laughs> Well, we won't do you see have a them plan? don't the Klingons have that uh, cloaking device, or is that the Romulans? Do you have something in place? You got something, uh, you know, like tacked up on, on your board? Like, this is what we do One thing I'm definitely not going to do is I'm not going to get up on the, sea, on, the, on the top floor of a skyscraper and dance around in a circle doing in some sort of peace movement, because those are the first ones that get blown to bits. Mm. Didn't you see Independence Day? I did, unfortunately. Bad movie. It's a terrible movie. I'm, yeah. I'm telling you, they're out there. They're out there somewhere. I well, seen, they're welcome on the show anytime. I haven't seen one. Not to my knowledge, anyway. They're out there. I don't think it's not like, uh, what was that movie with uh, Will Smith and... Uh, Independence Day, you already No, no, it. no, Will Smith and... Uh, Randy Quaid? Yeah, Independence no, no, Day. No, the one, Men in Black. I'm not saying that... The Wild Wild West. <laughs> I'm not saying they're all around us. I am legend. You know, or or that the dog has like the Hitch. world around his neck. <sighs> well, good luck when the Klingons get here, Gordon. I'm I'm going to give you a call. <laughs> all right, coming up next, Tanner Mangum. You guys joins the show. You've got no imagination at all. Stay you're, tuned. Your Not, thinking is way too narrow. Ninety-seven five and twelve eighty the zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. It's a football Friday. Ron McBride and Alema Harrington. So we're playing Cal Berkeley. I mean, we're just kicking their, their butt right There you now. go. Good. <laughs> good, good check swing. That was well, good. Well, yeah, I cleaned up my language. Yeah, nobody believes that, Coach, but good job. <laughs> so then they said, okay, Ronnie Veal, you're up. Okay. Yeah. Goes in and throws a pick, right? Oh, Lloyd, you got to dump that. Take that dump that. I'd rather rather you say the first word than that one. You just made this declaration to to the radio world. You sound like Scotty describing what's on our table. Oh, shoot. Yeah, you threw a pick. Yeah, Yeah, very much better. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network.